You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, peace be upon you. Good morning and welcome to the breakfast show of the Voice of Islam with Imam Tokiz and Mir, myself, Ali Demel. The time, well, is uh, moving up to four minutes past seven. It's Friday, the 4th of August, 2023. As always, we have a very packed program this morning. Um, the uh, breakfast show is an interactive broadcast. It means that uh, our listeners have the opportunity, should they wish to avail it, uh, to ring in and share their thoughts and views uh, with the rest of uh, our listeners. And all you need to do is to pick up the phone, dial 0208-687-7878, and you'll be put through by one of our technicians uh, to be able to speak on whatever you think has uh, stimulated uh, your thoughts uh, regarding whatever we may be covering. Um, so uh, do take a plunge and make a contact with us. Uh, and uh, you can use a more modern method of communicating. That is uh, Twitter. Uh, Voice of Islam UK is the Twitter handle. So uh, we do hope that um, some of our listeners will call in and uh, share their thoughts with us. Uh, in a few minutes now, we'll begin with the rundown of the weather. If we're going on to examine some of the news stories that are doing the rounds these days, I won't be spending too much time on each. And uh, what we'll try and do is rattle through as many as possible during the first half hour. And as I said, you can have your say on anything that we may be dealing with uh, by the uh, by ringing zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight or tweeting uh, uh, Voice of Islam UK. Now, as far as uh, our two main stories are concerned, because those listeners who are familiar with the show will know that uh, on the breakfast show we hone in on two uh, particular subjects that uh, we want to dwell more on. Uh, So as far as uh, today is concerned, we're looking at, uh, first of all, uh, this story about workers offered to pay rise of around 6%. Um, so this is uh, to do with um, pay negotiations that are taking place between uh, various unions. Uh, some uh, workers are on strike as a result uh, of not being able to uh, uh, glean the kind of pay rises that they want. Uh, and uh, so we are going to be looking at that. Um, uh, there's a lot of unrest these days, as you, as many listeners would uh, would acknowledge, because of rising prices. Um, inflation is down, but um, uh, it doesn't mean that prices aren't rising. It just means that when the inflation is down, then they're rising at a slower rate. So hence, there's a lot of pressure on people to make ends meet and hence uh, there is a greater um, stress or greater uh, motivation for uh, workers to seek a higher pay rise than is being offered. But uh, we will be examining this in greater detail when we look at um, this first subject of ours. It's entitled Workers Offered Pay Rise of Around 6%. I think it's mainly focusing uh, our teachers and uh, also 
may incorporate other workers as well. But we'll be looking at that. So if you're interested in that particular subject, do please make sure that you joined in, that you join in uh, during uh, the uh, first part of the show. That's between 7:30 and 8:15 when we're looking at that particular item. Now, for our second item, uh, due to start at about 8.15 this morning, is uh, entitled Decreased Inflation in the UK, but the prices are still up. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, inflation, if um, it is taking place, means that prices are rising. And a decreased inflation means that prices are still rising, but they're rising at a lower rate. Uh, it's supposed to be 7.9% uh, at the moment. And our Prime Minister was uh, pledging, aiming, uh, um, striving for uh, reaching a target where inflation was going to be halved. Uh, I think it was over 10% when he was saying that. So he's hoping that's going to be halved down to 5%. Uh, by the end of the year. So we'll be looking at this particular topic in greater detail. Um, The Bank of England has its own measures uh, that it is taking that I think we will also perhaps cover. Uh, It's regarding um, how to keep inflation down, how to reverse the effects of uh, inflation. And the only asset or the only uh, club that it can use, if I can use that phrase, is by reducing, um, by by increasing rather not reducing, increasing bank uh, base rate, which increases uh, the cost of borrowing, and that uh, is supposed to uh, suck out uh, money from the economy and prevent people from spending, and uh, that is in theory going to cause a decline in inflation. That at least is the theory. Um, but uh, whether it's working or not, uh, latest figures indicate that perhaps it may well be in other countries where this uh, strategy has been employed. Uh, it has proved to be uh, successful. I mean, there are uh, far lower inflation rates uh, in America and uh, in places like Germany than uh, we're experiencing. So we're hoping that this lag that we're suffering will soon uh, dissipate and we will, in fact, have the uh, the target that uh, we're striving for and even going further than that. We'll see how this unfolds in the future. But we'll be discussing this between 8.15 and 9. So if you're interested in that subject, do make sure you're, uh, you're tuned in. Uh, we'll have the weather in a minute from Imam Tukir, but um, let me just uh, start with this story and then move on um, to him. Uh, this particular story, well, uh, I... It burst on our screens, uh, I think, on Friday, uh, on Wednesday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, uh, and uh, has really swamped uh, uh, us with uh, footage that's emerging from across the Atlantic, and the indictment of former president and aspirant for the 2024 presidential election, Donald Trump. Uh, the charges against him include four counts of conspiracy to defraud. Uh, defraud the U.S., tampering with a witness, and conspiracy against the rights of uh, citizens. Uh, The election investigation has focused on Mr. Trump's actions in the two-month period between his loss to Joe Biden and the riot in Washington, D.C., 
where his supporters stormed Congress as lawmakers certified the Democrats' victory. Uh, the man leading the inquiry, Special Counsel Jack Smith, said the attack on our nation's capital on June on January the 6th, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. Uh, he also emphasized that those uh, um, that these were only accusations, and that the subject should be treated, in other words, Mr. Donald Trump should be treated as innocent until proved guilty. Uh, the court document, a 45-page document, uh, accuses Mr. Trump of, I quote, conspiracy to impair, obstruct, and defeat the federal government uh, and the federal government function through dishonesty, fraud, and deceit. Uh, and that's uh, the quote um, from the court document. And Mr. Trump, as he expected, remains defiant. His campaign issued a statement saying the lawlessness of these persecutions of President Trump and his supporters is reminiscent of Nazi Germany in the 1930s, the former Soviet Union, and other authoritarian dictatorial regimes. And he went on to uh, the um, campaign uh, statement, went on to say, and that these uh, un-American witch hunts will fail. So these developments are bound to have an impact on the um, 2024 president election. Far from diminishing his support, uh, these charges appear to bolster Mr. Trump's campaign, drawing in sums, of, uh, in ter- in, in sums in the form of donations from his expanding base. And buoyed by this, he commented, I've never had so much support on anything before. Uh, he may remain bullish, but this, uh, but it has also to be noted that a lot is being spent on his defense. So although money is coming in, a lot is also going out in order to support the defense that he has to mount against the charges that are being levied uh, at him. It's not just this case. He has other cases to fight as well. In total, uh, there are three criminal cases, uh, with this being the most serious. He remains, despite this, the clear front-runner for the Republican nomination and is expected to face the likely Democrat candidate in Joe, Joe Biden. And here the polls still put these elderly r- rivals neck and neck, which means the election, if it proceeds as expected, uh, is once again likely to yield a close result. Right, so uh, a lot to take in, a lot is happening, and this this particular story is developing day by day, and uh, every news bulletin that uh, we seem to be uh, receiving is in one way or another covering uh, this particular item as well. So how long that will uh, last, we don't know, but probably, probably till 2024 when the election takes place. I think by that time we'll have enough, we would have had enough of it. Anyway, uh, perhaps you've had enough of me, better to uh, change uh, to Imam Toki Tanvir. And uh, over to you, sir. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Asalaamu Alhamdulillah. I hope you're having a lovely day this morning. Yes, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, still, still have the Jalsa blues. Yes, yes, I'm still recovering from Jalsa, and um, still finding that uh, gradually but surely the uh, uh, rough and tumble that is taking place at Battle of the is absolutely, down, you know, absolutely, as people are uh, leaving and going uh, back home. 
I mean, to be honest, it's the UK uh, community, you know, which hosts all of the RMD brothers from around the world. So uh, it's uh, it's a great blessing, but at the same time, a great responsibility as well on uh, on the host. So uh, may Allah the Almighty bless them for their hard works. I wanted to start this off by the weather. And the weather forecast is from BBC Weather is that today, this morning, will be dry uh, but increasingly cloudy and uh, staying cloudy into the afternoon. But cloud will break up later on to give sunny spells. And later tonight, uh, after late sunny spells this evening, tonight we'll see thick cloud built in from the west and through the early years and spells of rain will arrive from the west these heavenly uh, these heavy these heavy by dawn so uh to be honest the weather isn't it's, it's fairly cloudy today but uh during the next few days uh there will be uh thundery showers and more rain uh to follow uh next week is looking fine actually um it's going mm-hmm. up to 25 degrees Mm-hmm. It's uh, sunny as also well, that's that's a good sign. Uh, that's that's the the weather the latest. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of our news, uh, I'll start off with the news within the Hamdi Muslim community. Um, did you yourself uh, get to see some of the exhibitions which were being held at the annual convention? Um, only yeah, one or two. Um, but um, I wasn't able to um, look at the ones I really wanted to. Uh, and did you have a chance to see the Ahmadiyya Archive and Research Centre? No, I wasn't. That's the one I missed, and uh, the other one I missed was uh, um, the. Um, was there? No, I saw the Tablighi exhibition, but uh, uh, International uh, Architects Association. I think they also had an exhibition. Yes, that one as well. yes. So um, one interesting um, artifact they had in in the. Uh, the Archive and Research Center was it was a picture of the first caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and um, although there is a picture available within the community that we all know of that in actual fact is, is the sketch um, that we all know mm. the original um, they were able to trace the original photo of that um, and uh, you know you can you can see that um, in in the exhibition they had um, set up at the at the Jalsaslana. Um but this picture is now they've shared it as well online on their website on alhakam.org and a little brief um, a little brief insight into uh, into how they had recovered uh, this picture as well. It is as follows. It is mentioned that. Uh, uh, the first caliph when he had Hazrat Hakim Nuruddin may Allah the Almighty be pleased with him when he accepted Ahmadiyyat at the hand of the promised Messiah and he subsequently moved to Qadian most of his activities they were recorded in periodicals of the community and later on when he became the caliph every word he uttered got recorded within the community newspapers and periodicals but before Qadian um before that his phase of his life little was known um, and this was due to his humility that he didn't mention the magnificent life he had led 
and uh, it says that uh, he had emanated from the fact that he was a great scholar and later the royal physician to the Maharaja of Kashmir and hence there must be a lot about his stature that we were missing out on and uh, the the writer writes that while going through the available uh, literature within the community um, they had come across uh, that he had once written an autobiographical account that a periodical um, Hakim Hazik had published and all other materials including Mirkatul uh, Yakin and Hayat Noor was derived and expanded from this account and hence it inspired the historical and biographers trying to elaborate certain aspects his spiritual and intellectual prowess remained veiled behind his humility and uh, the writer writes that I, I set out in research of any material that I could lay my hands on to find whatever I, I could about the pre Qadian uh, life of his great discipline of the of the Messiah of the age and uh, he further says that as I dwelled deeper into the project I pleasantly amazed to find a sizable number of books written in the east and west both carried his mention in the leading doctors of eastern medicine of his time and other publications again from India and the western world carried mention of him as a prominent scholar of Islam and uh, and the writer says that he served uh, he served two maharajas during his stay but was never overawed by the majesty of their courts and palaces and his his aversion to worldly lust and and kept kept him uh, reluctant to feel fully a part of it all and the only one factor that kept him there was firstly the opportunity to teach Islam to the people of other faiths and uh, all the handsome income that came with the royal employment and only to send most of it to his holy master the promised Messiah peace be upon him for the propagation of Islam and the writer writes that the most interesting part of my quest came when I found myself stuck at a den end and when I realized that more material could be retrieved from the state archives of in Jammu and I cannot help crediting the breakthrough that came about in just a few days to the prayers and blessings of His Holiness Azam Azam Surah head of the Amthi Muslim community he says that I picked up the phone and dialed a number that I came across on the internet and through to government officials in India and Pakistan is not an easy nut to crack but he says that by the grace of Allah the Almighty the first number I dialed and the person who picked up the phone proved no less than an angel all along and until I obtained what I required I think in sheer amazement when some of their staff would tell me how they had spent all afternoon or a whole day on some occasion searching for what I had requested. To conclude this piece I requested the actual article be read uh, which can be found uh, through the links below and uh, he has given uh, these links below as well and in the artifact was the picture of the uh, first caliph of the Amdiya Muslim the original photo and you know when you do look at this photo as well you can look at the uh, how beautiful and spiritual that 
you know the the person mm-hmm. looks itself because the sketch itself which is known within the community that doesn't do justice to it so i would urge the listeners as well to do uh, look at this article as well which is available online okay very interesting very interesting uh, how did you um, cope otherwise with the uh, weather there uh I mean it was it was a, a a tough weather to be to be fair um there's mm. a lot of mud uh it was raining as well um but I I think as long as you're prepared for the weather as long as you know you do have you your Wellington boots. Wellingtons mm. your your jacket I think mm. it's 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 fine you know you can get through the day otherwise <laughs> it's very mm. difficult to yeah. maybe walk around in a shalwar kameez with uh, with only uh, <laughs> you know shoes <laughs> shoes yes. on and you're going to get really muddy yeah no, i um, yes i i'm i was not fortunate to have wellington boots so my <laughs> my yes my shoes were well well encased in mud afterwards right but otherwise it was a, it was a very uh, good event mm. uh, in and we had uh, more than 40,000 people. Absolutely. Uh, so that's uh, a remarkable achievement. Um uh, after a break of what uh, two or three years. Mm. Um so to have that kind of number and to be able to cope with it. Um I think is um, is a good good achievement and uh, something it's a blessing from God almighty that we've been able to do that. Absolutely. Um any any other news um anything that's happening um uh, this youth uh, uh, is there uh, nishtama taking place khodamanam uh, dia soon there there will be but uh, it will be uh, taking place towards uh, the end of september right and early part of october so uh, i've been told uh, that it will be taking place on the uh, 29th uh, uh-huh. 29th 30th and 1st of october these are the dates which have been confirmed um so yeah that, that, that is i think about two mm, two, because two I, months because i'm away. i'm already getting calls about uh, you know certain preparatory uh, ev- preparatory arrangements mm. people want um, um some advice well some discussion on mm. so um so i knew that that was uh, that was on the cards we receive a lot of messages don't we um from uh, leading politicians um and well wishes from yeah. around the world um and um one of them that caught my eye and I did want to I wanted to share with the listeners was uh, the one from the Scotland's first minister and um yeah, Hamza Yusuf uh, this is what he wrote he said that the Scottish government deeply values its relationship with Scotland's diverse faiths and belief communities Scotland's diversity is our strength and I will never tolerate hatred towards any community in Scotland I would like to take this opportunity to wish all our Ahmadiyya community across the world my very best wishes for a successful convention this summer now why I was intrigued by is because Hamza Yusuf originates from the Indian subcontinent where persecution of Ahmadis is taking place and is taking place with relish and some of these prejudices have been infiltrated among politicians uh, from that part of the world here uh, who are conscious of pandering to the British Muslims who originate from there 
with this message, the First Minister has shown that he will not be cowed down to prejudice, but affirm the best traditions of both Islam and the values of this country by shunning, shunning such backward tendencies. So he's come out in support of the of the Muslim community at possibly the expense of the anger of the other non-Muslims. And it's not something that um, uh, many politicians, uh, I think, unfortunately, will be willing to do. So I thought that is something that would be interesting to share. The, uh, there are other stories. Another story from Scotland is regarding this um, um, this uh, uh, by-election. And this has come about because, uh, well, uh, it's come about in Rutherglen and... Uh, and uh, Hamilton, uh, following a petition by his constituents, uh, almost 15% of them, 11,896 people, to be exact, who signed to have a recall. Uh, The date of the election has yet to be set. The petition came about uh, because the sitting uh, MP, Margaret Ferrier, broke COVID rules during the pandemic. She traveled from Scotland to Westminster after testing positive for COVID in September 2020 and went back on to speak in the House of Commons while awaiting results. And after the test, she travelled back to Scotland knowing she was COVID positive. So action was taken against her by Parliament and she was suspended for 30 days while the SNP, the party she belonged to, removed the whip. Uh, The petition represents yet another punishment for the same crime. Is that fair? Uh, she's been punished by the House of Commons, ostracized by her own party, suffered humiliation in the media. Isn't that enough for what she did? Some say enough is enough, but others are quite adamant. The COVID crisis was uh, traumatic for the entire nation, compounded by the rules that were introduced to protect us all. To flout them with impunity of someone in authority uh, merits the maximum sanction, and so what is now taking place is only fair don't know what our listeners think. If you have a view, then please do call in and express them, uh, either through uh, a voice call or through uh, through Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Voice of Islam UK. The by-election will be a test for the SNP. Uh, they only have a 5,000 majority secured in December 2019 to defend, and turmoil over Operation Branch Form, coupled with the arrest then released without charge of the former uh, First Minister Nicholas Sturgeon and her husband Peter Murrell has taken its toll on the uh, SNP's popularity. Labour appeared to be in the driving seat to win this, and if Ferrier uh, had decided to run, this would have split the SNP vote, giving Labour an easy victory. But Margaret Ferrier uh, will not be running. She issued a statement saying, I respect the outcome of the petition. It has been uh, the privilege of my life to serve as the uh, Member of Parliament for Rutherglen and Hamilton West. I have always put my job and my constituents first, and I'm disappointed that this will now come to an end. I decided some time ago that I would not stand in the upcoming by-election. This has been a difficult and taxing process that has now come to its conclusion, and I do not wish to prolong this any further. So that's one item of news. And one last item um, is regarding uh, cricket. I don't think uh, Imam Toki is very much interested in cricket these days. So I, the Ashes, 
uh, that took place, uh, five match series. Yeah, no, followed it all? no, I've, I haven't been following it. Uh, really, no. Yeah, and I was surprised we had a guest from Australia, and he was not following it either. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, uh, just to um, uh, announce or to repeat what is perhaps already uh, old news, but uh, England did come back in the fifth test at the Oval against Australia, and uh, were able to uh, manage to secure a draw. Uh, and uh, having been disappointed at Old Trafford, this was the match that took place, the fourth test uh, that took place, when they were clearly on top, uh, but they were thwarted by rain. Uh, but there was no mis- mistake this time at the Oval. Um, in a thrilling encounter, England amassed a phenomenal total of 395 runs in the second innings, leaving Australia to score 385 uh, to win. Much of the fourth day was lost to rain, and Australia had put on 135 runs without loss, leaving England doubting uh, if they will secure a positive result in their favour. But then things took a turn on Monday morning, with both openers being taken out and leaving Australia 238 for three at tea. Still, uh, it was felt that Australia were in the driving seat, but then a mini-collapse took place after this, with wickets falling quickly. And that left the visitors just two wickets uh, and 91 uh, runs behind. Uh, in came uh, Stuart Broad, who had announced this was to be his final test match, and he was able to take out the last two uh, two wickets with consummate ease. Uh, Australia are still 49 runs behind, and they had been dealt with another defeat to square the series. Uh, Chris Wokes was adjusted to be player of the match and the player of the series. Mitchell Star, uh, Mitchell Stark got the uh, accolade for being player of the series for Australia. The entire series was a fitting advert to the game and supported the phenomenal baseball that uh, was introduced to make test cricket more attractive. And some people say that it, uh, judging from the um, interest that uh, this particular series raised, it seems to have worked. Right, so that's the conclusion so far. We may come back to news in the wider media later if we have time. But uh, for the time being, that's uh, where we will end that part of the program and go on to the first uh, uh, main story that we are going to be dealing with. It's concerning workers offered pay rises at around 6%. Now, there's something that we picked up from the BBC website. Uh, A few weeks ago, uh, during strikes, uh, the Voice of Islam looked at the issue around workers' pay, specifically teachers' pay, and whether they should increase. After a number of strikes by teachers throughout the UK, the government has offered an increase in pay, um, and one uh, is posing the question, or at least the BBC website is posing a question, is this a good offer? Under the proposals, uh, the uh, police and prison officers in England and Wales would uh, receive a 7% pay rise, while teachers and junior doctors in England would get 6.5% and 6% respectively. Uh, According to Rishi Sunak, Education Secretary uh, and others, uh, this is the largest ever recommendation 
from the school teachers review body. A 6.5% increase for teachers and school leaders recognizes the vital role that teachers play in our country and ensures that teaching will continue to be an attractive profession. The government has accepted this recommendation and has agreed to bring forward wider reforms to reduce teacher and leader workload in partnership with all four nations. The government's offer is uh, properly funded for schools. The government has committed that all schools will receive additional funding above what was proposed in March, building on the additional £2 billion given to schools in the autumn statement. The government will also provide a hardship fund of up to £40 million to support those schools facing the greatest financial challenges. Four education unions said the deal would allow them to end the dispute. They said they would advise their members to accept the offer. And regarding the the cuts and uh, funding, uh, our Prime Minister said, it's not about cuts, it's it's just about focusing on public sector workers' pay rather than other things. He added, insisting that uh, changes uh, could be made without impacting frontline service delivery. He further said that the government would raise over a billion pounds by significantly increasing charges for migrants coming to the UK when they apply for visas and the levy they pay to access the NHS. Pay increases for teachers and the police will come in the form, um, well, will come uh, in from September this year, 2023, while rises for others, including doctors, dentists and police, will be backdated to April. The salaries of uh, NHS staff in England, apart from junior doctors and dentists, are not included in these recommendations. Is there an Islamic perspective, Imam Sabir, on this? Yes, uh, there is an Islamic perspective on this. And... Uh, you know the thing is um when it comes to uh even regards to pay or anything else islam says that you know women and men are equal in both aspects and you know we'll be exploring more on this topic um and we'll be looking at uh you know so through clips of the um, current khalif of the amdi muslim community as well on what is the Islamic perspective on equality? I just wanted to read out a quote um, of the of the Khalif Azam Suramid on this as well, and he says this in terms of education and equality within education, and he says that it is important for any person, male or female, to gain an education and to use it to serve their nation. However, it is of even more significance for a girl to be educated because in later life she will then be able to educate and raise her children in the best fashion and indeed the founder of Islam the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace and blessings of Allah the Almighty be upon him said that the paradise lies under the feet of a mother's uh, of a person's mother and the reason for this is that a mother plays the vital role of educating her children and raising them as good citizens so that they can go on to be an asset for the nation. And in in this way, a mother paves a spiritual path for her children during them uh, towards heaven. 
So the you know the Hazur, His Holiness, he highlighted that even when it comes to education, you know men and women are both equal, um, and he emphasized the fact that in fact. Um, it is vital that women do seek knowledge as you know they are responsible uh, for the future progeny as well and uh, you know as as he quoted from the sayings of the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah the almighty be upon him as well that paradise lies under the feet of of the mother so mother itself she is responsible for doing the moral upbringing of 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 the children um, and if she does that in the best possible way, then she will be leading her children as well towards uh, towards the good deeds, towards the pleasure of Allah the Almighty, towards attaining um, righteousness as well. And through the ages, religion has been the source of moral and and spiritual values and standards. And since the opening of scientific age, However, that is to say that since the start of the era of investigation and research into the operation and application of the laws of nature, it has been assumed in the West that there is a certain amount of conflict between science and religion. And this sense of conflict has stressed and sharpened by incidents like that of Galileo's trial uh, by the holy office and in more recent times by the attitude adopted towards Darwin and in the west this supposed conflict is deemed to have been resolved by the assumption that gradually gained acceptance that science and religion operate within their own special but well-defined spheres uh, which do not overlap and in consequences of this erroneous assumption religion was in the end confined to the regulation and performance of divine worship and certain rituals and ceremonials and minister of religion uh, and church authorities have made constant effort to win back uh, for religion its true position as the source of moral and spiritual values but signs of revival notwithstanding there is no assurance yet that yet people are eager to turn to religion as the principal source of guidance in the moral and spiritual spheres. And in the meantime, the West's attitude towards religion is being very largely copied in the West. And what is the attitude of Islam towards uh, the problem that we have set out above? Uh, we have already mentioned that there is no church hierarchy in in uh, Islam, not or not on the intellects always uh, being free and Islam has insisted the application of reason and intellect to all problems which may encounter and Islam advocates a simple lifestyle and it prohibits extravagance and encourages expenditure and it says in the Holy Quran that keep not thy hand chained to thy neck and nor stretch it out an entire stretching lest thou sit down blamed or exhausted and uh, it further says that give thou to kingsmen his due and to the poor and the wayfarer and the squanderer uh, not thy wealth extravagantly and verily the extravagant are brothers of satan and satan is ungrateful to his lord so um 
furthermore, the, the first revelation that came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, Islam, was that in the name of your Lord who has created, recite, and the Lord is most generous, who has taught man by the pen and taught man what he knew not. Um, so, you know, as, as a Muslim, uh, so, you know, it is our duty that, uh, as, the, as the Holy Verse mentions here, that um, in terms of wealth as well, um, you know, man should not keep wealth chained and tied to his neck, uh, no, she should stretch it out entirely, uh, meaning that he should adopt the middle way, where even when it comes to spending as well, not to lavishly, continuously spend, and also not to keep the keep the wealth chained to his neck and be uh, you know miserly and you know just keep the wealth to himself. So Islam says that to adopt the middle path. Um, we do have a small clip for our listeners as well, and this is on the on the question of equality between uh, between men and women. So we're just going to be listening to this short clip now. Assalamu alaikum, Islam. Islam says men and women are equal. So why are they not treated equally in all societies around the world? We are not responsible for each and every society and nation. Islam says they are equal and Muslims should treat the women equally as their equal partners. See? And uh, we Ahmadis should also treat um, the men and women. I have spoken on this subject at length in my different speeches and addresses in during Jalsa Salana and Lajna Ishtama. In, so you can find out the answer from there. You see, Islam says they are equal as far as their rights are concerned. But there are some rights which are discharged in different ways. Or, but it does not mean that they have... So uh, that was a clip for, uh, from His Holiness Azam Surah May Allah strengthen his hand on the question of equality um, and his, his holiness mentioned that uh, you know Islam it says that men and women are equal but uh, you know, further elaborating on, on this his holiness said that both men and women they have different roles within the society um, for example women um, particularly uh, you know, she is responsible for uh, the moral upbringing of children and man being the um, you know being the bread uh, bread uh, and uh, you know he is responsible for looking after the household the family as well so his holiness was further elaborating that both men and women they have different tasks and uh, you know on this uh, when we are discussing uh, equality within Islam as well. Um, I wanted to uh, read this particular verse out of the Holy Quran, which is um, which is uh, very much related to the topic as well. And uh, this is from chapter forty nine, verse fourteen, uh, where it says in the Holy Quran, in the name of Allah, the Gracious, the Merciful, that O mankind, we have created you from a male and a female. 
and we have made you tribes and sub-tribes that you may know one another. Verily, the most honorable amongst you in the sight of Allah is he who is most righteous among you. And surely Allah is all-knowing and all-aware. So here, God Almighty, he looks at your righteousness and not your caste, color of your skin. Um, and furthermore, Allah the Almighty, he's particularly highlighted that we have created you from male and a female. And as, as I mentioned earlier, that Allah the Almighty, particularly in this verse, he highlights that he looks at a person's or an individual's righteousness and he blesses that individual accordingly whether they may be a female or a male or whatever caste they might be Allah the Almighty he looks at an individual according to their capacity and he rewards them accordingly so this verse highlights the equality uh, within Islam and you know whatever class uh, you may be Islam teaches to respect one another and in another place of the Holy Quran it further elaborates on this point uh, and this from chapter 48 verse 12 Allah the Almighty says that O ye who believe let not one people deride another people happily they may be better than they and nor let one group of women deride other women Happily, they may be better than they, and do not defame uh, your people or call one another by nicknames. It is an evil thing to be called bad name uh, after having believed, and those who repent not, such are wrongdoers. So even here in this verse, Allah the Almighty says that, you know, as, as a group of people, it is your duty that you you do not ridicule or you do not look to power, look down upon a particular group. It could be that Allah the Almighty will bless them and they may exceed you in 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 uh, further than than you know what you have achieved. So even when it comes to um, on this topic as well, Allah the Almighty says that do take care and do not ridicule one another, but rather respect one another and. Even at the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, we saw that uh, there was different class within the society as well. And at that time, um, slaves were also very vulnerable. Um, and it was a custom to abuse these individuals and their rights were taken from them and they were tortured. And it was, it was was And that was very prevalent at that time. However, in Islam, not only did it encourage that uh, you should free these slaves but also had uplifted the status of these individuals at that time as well for example Allah the Almighty had revealed to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him at that time uh, in this mention in chapter 90 verse 13 and 14 it says in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful that O messenger are you aware of a religious uh, precept which may be likened to a great ascent upon a mountain which a person is able to climb to the heights of divine nearness. If you are unaware, then we will tell you that it is the freeing of a slave. So Allah the Almighty had revealed at that time that uh, if you if you want to attain the nearness of Allah the Almighty, then you should f free those slaves, you should free those individuals. 
um and furthermore uh so it says that to to free a slave would actually be gain, gaining the pleasure of Allah the Almighty and it says in another place in chapter 2 verse 178 Allah the Almighty says that in the holy quran that the true virtue is the estimation of god is that an individual believes in god and spends in his cause for love of him on the kindred and the orphans and the needy and the wayfarer for freeing uh, slaves so it, this verse it explains that true virtues of god and in it it mentions the freeing of slaves and uh, finally in one of the sayings of the holy prophet peace be upon him it is narrated um abu hurairah may allah the almighty please with him he relates that the holy prophet peace be upon him he would say that such a muslim who frees a slave would be granted complete salvation by allah the exalted from hell so as i mentioned before that not only did islam free slaves at that time but rather they were educated respected honored so much that they became valuable assets of the community and on many occasions the holy prophet peace be upon him he appointed he, he appointed his uh, freed slave for example hazrat zaid bin hartha may allah the almighty be pleased with him and his son usama may allah the almighty be pleased with him they were appointed as the commander of many military campaigns and they highly respected and prominent uh, companions uh, were appointed under them and uh, when questioned as to why they were appointed by other companions the holy prophet peace be upon him he would reply uh, to this objection that you have objected to the appointment of usama peace uh, peace be upon him as a commander and prior prior to this you have also objected to the leadership of his father zaid peace be upon him by god just as zaid was worthy and capable of leadership and was among my most beloved so too usama is worthy of leadership and among my most beloved so by by saying that the holy prophet peace be upon him beautifully highlighted um that uh, you know even at that time those individuals that were looked down upon um not only were they given emancipation their freedom but also at the same time you know muslims had educated them and uh, you know made them valuable assets of the society so much so that they had become leaders uh, of of nations as well and quite often we find uh, the example of of hazrat bilal peace be upon him the was in the caller towards prayers and uh, and even hazrat bilal peace be upon him he also uh, was was appointed as a chief for many expeditions um and uh, so you know this highlights that within islam um uh, it lays down that you know all men and women or whichever society you belong to um all are equal and this is further manifested that whenever we pray our five daily prayers whenever we stand before allah the almighty you will see that 
uh, all Muslims they stand shoulder to shoulder, and uh, there is no class. Uh, there is no that an, a rich person will uh, stand further ahead, or you know he will stand at the back of the line. Robert rather Islam teaches through this action as well that you know all must stand shoulder to shoulder in one line, uh, and, and a king could be standing next to um, you know let's say someone who is very poor, someone who is maybe a, even a beggar. So. Islam it says that men and women are equal and whichever part of the society you belong to uh, that there is equality you will find in that um, and you know after the 8 o'clock news we'll further elaborate um, on this topic as well uh, there is a clip uh, of the fourth caliph of the Amdiya Muslim community of Zamazatai Ahmed may Allah the Almighty have mercy on him will play uh, which further elaborates on this point. Um, Will you have any anything else you want to add on to this? Any any um, incident you have you would like to share? No, I, I think that uh, you've covered this uh, very comprehensively now, uh, particularly about <coughs> the um, uh, different responsibilities that. Uh, Men and women have, and the fact that uh, spiritually they are they are they are certainly equal. Um, so that's been very very well covered, uh, and also this aspect of um, of slavery that uh, uh, Islam um, opened the doors for the emancipation of slaves and the freedom of slaves, and uh, the uh, teaching or technique it used was to slowly eradicate this particular practice of taking human beings as slaves uh, from society altogether. And uh, many doors were opened uh, through which uh, slaves could be freed and uh, doors where um, slaves could be uh, taken up uh, were were closed. So this was the gradual way in which uh, the uh, Islam taught uh, about uh, eradicating slavery from society, and it did so successfully. And freed slaves were uh, given uh, a great deal of respect and honor. So that was also something that you were able to mention very, very effectively. Um, so it just goes to show the, um, the um, um, virtues, the uh, beauties of the teachings of Islam. Um, in this in this particular regard, I don't have any stories, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, it's, for me, it's uh, a bit early in the morning um, uh, to think of those uh, kind of anecdotes. But if I do come up with some, then of course I'll share it. I I do have a narration, um, and this is uh, by Hazrat Umar, and uh, may Allah the Almighty please with him, and he relates that. He says that my wife, he occasion, my wife occasionally sought to intervene in my affairs um, with her counsel, and I would admonish her, saying that the Arabs had never permitted their women to intervene in their affairs, and she would retort by saying that that is all past, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of Allah, called Almighty be upon him, lets his wife consell him in in his affairs. And he does not stop them. Why do you not? Why don't you follow this example? So, this is such a beautiful example. Whenever we hear it, it shows 
how you know islam had uplifted the rights of women at that time that uh, even within arabia where where women were looked down upon it was actually islam which uh, and through the practice of the holy prophet peace be upon him who understood islam in the best possible way uh, showed that you know women can console even their husband in in uh, in you know in in their affairs as well as did the wives of the holy prophet peace be upon him on many many occasions um so we'll be elaborating more on this particular topic but we are reaching the eight o'clock news um so don't worry don't, don't go anywhere we'll be back shortly um after this eight o'clock news and we'll be uh discussing this uh topic in in further detail so uh we'll be back shortly after this eight o'clock news don't go anywhere you are listening to the recording of a live show please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed peace be upon you good morning welcome back to the uh, breakfast show at the voice of islam it's uh, approaching nine minutes past eight it's friday the eighth no friday the fourth of august 2023 uh, we were discussing before the uh, break uh, this particular topic uh, workers offering uh, pay rises around six uh, percent, and whether that was uh, good or not, and also discussing other uh, uh, points that emanated from there, particularly about equality uh, in pay and equality between uh, men and women uh, from the Islamic point of view, and also the uh, the treatment of slaves and the emancipation of slaves was also something that we were covering. Um, um, what else can we say about this then, Imam Tafir? Yes, so on the question of equality, um, you know, we find that there are very many narrations of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him as well, where he's highlighted uh, that, uh, you know, it is... Um, as as a Muslim, uh, it is our duty to look after even um, you know our mothers. Uh, you know when it comes to this aspect, and at, at times even the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, when uh, some companions approached him as to what is the best form of jihad that they could do, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said that look after your mother. Uh, so the Holy Prophet peace be upon him he repeatedly stated that paradise lies under the feet of the, of the mother meaning that uh, the way uh, to heaven is treating one's mother well and a companion of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him he relates that the story of a man who approached the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and he inquired that O Messenger of Allah of all people whom should I honor and respect the most and he replied that your mother the man inquired a second time and then who the holy prophet peace be upon him replied your mother and then the man asked a third time who then and the holy prophet peace be upon him replied your mother the man asked once more and then who the holy prophet peace be upon him replied your father so this this highlights how you know islam it highlighted the status of women and uh, looked after um, the status and no other religion has uh, safeguarded the rights of women and Islam, as Islam has done and it lays down the injunction so beautifully um, for example when we read in the Holy Quran that um, just as men have rights upon women 
so do women have rights upon men and here it is said that some people they treat their wives like shoes and they require them to perform the lowest of services they abuse them or despise them and enforce the injunction regarding the will which with such harshness as to virtually bury them alive and the relationship between a husband and a wife should be like two true and sincere friends after all this is the wife who is the primary witness of a man's high moral qualities and his relationship with God Almighty if his relationship with his wife is not good how then can he be at peace with God the holy prophet peace be upon him that is why he said uh, at one place that khairukum khairukum li ahlihi that the best among you is he who is best to his wife uh, so this is from malfuzat uh, volume 5 chapter book pages 417 to 418 at another place uh, on this subject the promised messiah peace be upon him he says and i quote that the holy prophet peace be upon him his example uh, is the perfect example for us in every aspect of life and study his life and see how he conducted himself in relation to women and the promise beside further says that in my esteem a man who stands up against a woman is a coward and not a man and if you study the life of the holy prophet you will find that he was a gracious he was so gracious that despite his station of dignity he would stop even an old woman and would not move on until she permitted him to do so and uh, you know the holy prophet peace be upon him he was very serious in improving the condition of women in society and is, is securing for them a position of dignity and fair and equitable treatment the holy prophet peace be upon him he was so careful with regards to this kind of treatment of women that those around him uh, who had not previously been accustomed to looking to look looking upon women in the light of helpmates and partners found it difficult to accommodate themselves to the standards that the prophet was so anxious to f- see set up and and uh, maintained some men thinking that they had they have unbridled authority as the head of the house are engaged in uh, domestic violence and cruelty to children so if one wants to carry on treating his wife and children like ignorant people then there is no benefit in coming into oath of initiation of the promised messiah uh, and the holy prophet peace be upon him as the guardian of his guardian of his family made his family appreciate first and foremost the importance of establishing tawhid the oneness of god and however he did uh, w- with love and affection not by force and thus the wife of the holy prophet peace be upon him hazrat aisha she relates that the holy prophet would wake wake up during the night to offer the one tree prayers and he would wake us up in a light sprinkling of water so that we may offer the offer the one tree prayers and we will fulfill the responsibilities which are due to allah and then the prophet help with tasks which were part of the duties of the wives and hazrat aisha relates that he would stitch his own clothes he would mend his own shoes repair 
the household items such as water bucket and thus uh, many husbands keeping these examples in mind will have to reevaluate their behavior at home and remember the saying of the holy prophet peace be upon him that the one from among you is the highest regarding morals and manners who is better in his treatment of his wives and thus good treatment of wives is a is the very sign of the greatness of one standard of faith and regarding the responsibilities of a husband and a good treatment of wives the promised messiah peace be upon him he says at one place and i quote that except the except for indecency all weakness and putrid behavior of women should be tolerated i find it absolutely shameful that a man should fight a woman and further it says that once the promised messiah peace be upon him he said to the members of his community that they should not be harsh and ill-tempered with their wives he said i want place that once raised my voice against my wife and i immediately refrained from uttering any hurtful and harsh word and i recited a lot of uh, istighfar meaning that he sought seeking forgiveness and offered voluntary prayers with great fervidness and gave some charity so this itself is a very beautiful quote we find that the promised messiah peace be upon him and his treatment to his wife that he says that only once during his life that he might have that he had raised his voice against his wife but even then you know he sought forgiveness of allah the almighty and, and he prayed to allah the almighty but quite often we find that this is the norm within certain households that you know um men they shout at their wives so we we should look at the examples of the prophets themselves how they were in, they were in their treatment to their wives and we should try to adopt those uh within within our uh, households as well so thus those who are unkind to their wives their faith is in danger and they should be very concerned as the person who is not at the highest standards of faith can stumble at any time and admonishing such men um the promised messiah peace be upon him he says that if a man is not pious then how can the wife be pious and the promised messiah further said that verily if a man becomes pious then the wife can also become pious and uh, i think i'll just say one or one or two more points and uh, we can end end the discussion with uh, with another clip we have for our listeners which we want to play um so uh, a companion of the promised messiah peace be upon him uh, it is narrated that he spoke harshly to his wife and this caused allah the exalted to send a revelation to the promised messiah commanding the cautious treatment of wives and the revelation uh, which he revealed is as follows that this is not a good way abdul karim the leader of the muslims should be told not to pursue it So the promised Messiah peace be upon him said that the revelation contains guidance for the whole community that they should treat their wives with kindness and courtesy and he said that your wives are not your slaves and in in point of fact marriage is a covenant between man and woman and therefore uh, strive not to be unfaithful in your covenant Allah the exalted has said in the holy Quran as well that wa ashiru hunna bil ma'ruf and concert 
with them in kindness. Chapter 4, verse 20. That is, that lead a life of kindness and equity with your wives. And it is mentioned in a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that the best among you is he who is best towards his wife. Therefore, be good to your wives, both spiritually and and physically. Uh, so with that, you know, we, we do hope that you uh, have gained some insight as to what Islam says with regards to equality, which, uh, you know, we've we've also looked at the equality within society, even when it comes to the topic of slaves as well. And we've looked at, um, you know, the, the spiritual status of women and how women should be treated even in households. So we'll end this particular topic with this short uh, clip that we have for our listeners. Women throughout the world take their entitlement to education for granted, a right that was only won by some in the last century. By contrast, women in pre-Islamic Arabia were repressed and oppressed. Buried at birth because of the shame associated with their gender, women had few rights. However, in Arabia in the 6th century, with the advent of Islam, the condition for women dramatically changed and women were given the same spiritual and equal rights um, that had been put on, that were given to men, that were put on an equal footing with men. The Holy Quran ensured women's equality on the spiritual, intellectual, social and economic level. There is also a short prayer in the Quran in chapter 20, verse 115. O my Lord, increase me in my knowledge. Assalamu my name is Mario Qureshi and I'm an MSc Research Methods and Psychology student at UCL. I feel that education for a Muslim woman is very empowering. I feel that I can make a positive contribution to my field of study and that through all the skills that I gain, I can help other women in my community understand mental health issues much better. In practice, we find that uh, a lot of uh, knowledge has been conveyed through the wives of the Holy Prophet we can see that uh, a lot of hadiths, the sayings of the Holy Prophet وسلم, uh, they were narrated quoting uh, the words of uh, some of the wives of the Holy Prophet And uh, also we can see that uh, one of his wives, uh, especially Hadrat Aisha radiallahu anha, uh, she was the one who conveyed a lot of knowledge to the Muslims, not only to the ladies, but also to the men. All the companions of the Holy Prophet وسلم, they used to learn from her. Even after he passed away, they learned a lot from Hadrat Aisha radiallahu anha. I'm Mariam. I'm studying medicine at Barts in the London Medical School. If we look back on the history of Islam, we see the example of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, who was a very learned woman. In fact, many of the hadiths that we have today are quoted by her. As a Muslim woman of today, it's important to pick up that mantle from where she left it and for us to also strive to be learned and to seek an education. Education in, in Islam is encouraged, for, especially for ladies, because ladies are the ones who are in charge of bringing up the children and educating them. And educating women means educating the new generation. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Alia Dean. I study religion in the contemporary world here at King's College London. Um, I chose this degree because I've always been very interested in religions and different religions fascinate me. I think it's important for Muslim women to be educated because it opens up their minds and lets them pass it on to future generations. For the Muslim women, 
uh, also education is a lifelong process because as she is uh, she continues uh, in her daily uh, routine she also reads for example books she reads the holy quran she has to recite the holy quran daily and uh, it is not only reciting it is also understanding the holy quran and this is this is also something that uh, that comes every day when when someone is reading the holy quran you you get to find um, new meanings to the holy quran a process which is no end for the education so how are today's muslim women expressing this great blessing of the right to education today the ahmadiyya muslim community continues to propagate the importance of education for muslim women the second caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza bashiruddin mahmud ahmad raziatala anhu said I believe no nation can make any progress without educating its women folk. Indeed, the first auxiliary organization of the community was established for women, the Lajnai Maila. Here women teach and learn from one another. Academic excellence is encouraged and women are urged to write and share their scholarship. Muslim women today owe a debt of gratitude to the Holy Prophet of Islam who established their rights. and gave them a dignity which remains unsurpassed in the world today. Modern day laws work towards giving women equal rights to men, but time and again we see them fail in doing so. Islam teaches equality between sexes. Hadrat Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam introduced women's rights in Arabia at a time when women had little or no respect. He raised the status of women, giving us the right and respect we deserve. These are rights which are still growing in the modern day. It's what the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught over 1400 years ago. Right, so that was a clip uh, that illustrates the rights of women in Islam and uh, brings as Imam Toki mentioned before we started listening to it that will bring our first topic to a conclusion. Um, it means then that uh, we can move on to the second main subjects that we are dealing with today uh, and this morning. And the the second main uh, topic is regarding inflation. And the topic title is decreased inflation in the UK, but the prices are still up, according to the Office uh, for uh, National Statistics. So it's something we picked up on the BBC website, by the way. But and it says that according to the Office of National Statistics (ONS), UK inflation was 7.9% in the year to June, a better than expected slowdown from 8.7% recorded in May. Uh, prices are still likely to keep going up over the next few months, but not at the rate that has caused such a shock to households. and businesses across the country over the last year the inflation figure is an average so your own cost of living could be rising at a very different rate to what's reported in the news depending on what you spend your money on uh, the ones uh, office of national statistics uh, which calculates inflation bases uh, its numbers on a basket of goods that reflects what most people across the UK are buying but it doesn't include everything so if you're buying a lot of unusual or niche items or you have a typical tastes uh, you might find the cost of your own bag of shopping is going up more quickly or more slowly than the headlines suggest food inflation is currently at 17.3% 
much higher than the average rate. So people who spend a greater proportion of the outgoings on food will find their personal inflation rate is higher than the 7.9% headline figure. The ONS says energy, food, and drink accounts for around 15, 15% of lower-income households spending compared to 10% for high-income groups. The Bank of England tries to control inflation, control inflation by putting up interest rates, which makes it more expensive to borrow money. This encourages people to borrow and spend less and save more. The bank is expected to stick with that strategy of putting up interest rates throughout this year. So if you have a tracker mortgage or a credit card or a loan, you could find yourself paying more interest. And that's another way uh, your own personal inflation rate could be affected. Uh, the bank, uh, as far as interest rates are concerned, the bank rate is currently at its highest level of interest rate for the uh, for 15 years, so it hasn't been as high as 5.25% for at least 15 years. The theory is that raising interest rates makes it more expensive to borrow money, meaning people have less to spend, reducing demand and inflation. The bank has put up uh, rates 14 consecutive times since December 2021 to try to bring inflation closer to its target of 2%. But so far, the impact has been limited and is likely to take more time to feed through. Prices rose by 7.9%, as mentioned before, in the year to June. Um, according to the Office or, or sorry, the according to ONS, this was lower than 8.7% in the year to May and down from the peak of 11.1% in October 2022. However, that is still almost four times the bank's uh, 2% target. So what we're experiencing now is still quite high, uh, certainly compared to the target that has been set. So this uh, rise in uh, bank, um, uh, bank of England's base rate has an impact on borrowing, particularly on mortgages. Uh, when interest rates rise, more than 1.4 million people on tracker and standard variable rate of mortgage deals usually see an immediate increase in their monthly payments. The rise from five uh, from five percent to five and a quarter percent means those on a typical tracker mortgage would pay about twenty four pounds more a month. Uh, those on um, a standard variable rate mortgages would face uh, a fifteen pound jump. Uh, three quarters uh, of uh, mortgage holders or mortgage customers uh, have um, fixed rate deals. And their monthly payments may not change immediately, but higher rates mean house prices, or the 1.8 million people expected to remortgage this year, will have to pay a lot more than if they had taken out the same mortgage a year or more ago. An average two-year fixed deal, um, which was 2.29% in November 2021, is now well above 6%. Uh, so that's a very, very big, big difference. Um, so there is, I'm sure, an Islamic perspective to this, but um, um, this is uh, the state of affairs at the moment. 
economies, all, all well, certainly Western economies, uh, Europe, uh, America, um, and the UK, and they're suffering from this um, uh, difficulty where there is um, runaway inflation and a massive effort to try and control it. And uh, the main weapon that is being used is uh, the uh, national banks, the banks uh, raising interest rates in order to cut down uh, expenditure by the masses so that uh, um, inflation is is controlled and comes down. Um, If inflation does come down, will interest rates go down? That is also something that um, is not uh, likely in the short term. Uh, Mr. Bailey, the um, governor of the Bank of England, uh, made it clear that um, it will take time before they start to bring uh, their uh, rates down, the Bank of uh, England's base rates down. So it looks like that, that, that these higher mortgages that we were mentioning earlier and the higher cost of borrowing, borrowing generally is going to remain high, certainly in the short term, uh, um, certainly uh, ne- uh, through uh, 2024 and maybe even uh, through 2025. But we'll see how things unfold. Uh, and we hope that, um, and we pray, that um, the things ease because um, a lot of difficulties are being faced by those people, especially on, on low income uh, also, I need to remember that um, um, housing is uh, is a problem in the UK. Uh, if uh, more, if interest rates rise, then we do hope that um, uh, uh, house prices will decline. But uh, even if they do decline, uh, the capacity for people for new buyers uh, to purchase houses is going to be is going to be enormously difficult because the cost of borrowing is so high. And uh, so that's one obstacle that uh, people, uh, ordinary people, will have to face. And the other difficulties uh, regarding renting is also an issue because when mortgage rates go uh, go up, the, the buy-to-let um, lend, uh, buy to let, um, landlords uh, are bound to raise uh, their uh, rents, and that also has an impact on uh, the masses, the ordinary people. And so it is the ordinary people, the people who are the lower end of uh, society that uh, are suffering. So we hope that uh, this uh, inflation and uh, this crisis can be overcome soon so that uh, we can find some ease and peace for those who are at the sharp end of uh, what is taking place. There's, of course, an Islamic uh, perspective to this, and uh, Imam Taqwiyah will, um, in, uh, inshallah, will, will, in fact, enlighten us on that. So what do you, sir? Yes, um, so when we are looking at interest rates, um, you know, Islam is very clear uh, to mention that this is unlawful and uh, when we read about this in the Holy Quran uh, it's very clear in chapter 2 verse 276 where Allah the Almighty says that 
in the name of Allah, the gracious, the most when those who devour interest, uh, they do not rise except as rises one whom Satan has smitten with insanity. Uh, that that is because they say that trade is is like interest, whereas Allah has made trade lawful and made interest unlawful. So he whom an abo- admonition comes from his Lord, as he desists, then will that which is re- received in the past uh, be his, and his affairs with Allah and those who revert to it. They are the inmates of fire. Therein shall they abide. So very clearly in this verse, uh, it highlights that you know interest is unlawful within Islam. And what we see uh, within the economy um, that uh, usually um, the economy is, is run on debt to make the economy run. And this itself should be done in a balanced way. And borrowing from our reserves uh, this can have a detrimental effect uh, on the economy itself and when we look at the Holy, Holy Quran and we look at the economic cycle there's a incident we find of stockpiling um, and there's an incident between Joseph peace be upon him and the king uh, to interpret his dream and uh, it says this mentioned in chapter 12 verse 46 to 50 uh, where it says in the Holy Quran that in the name of Allah the gracious of the mercy that oh that Joseph oh thou man of truth explain to us the meaning of the seven fat kind which seven lean ones devour and of the seven green ears of corn and seven other with it that I may return to the people so that they may know and Joseph, he replied to, to this, that you shall sow for seven years, working hard and continuous, and leave what you reap in its ear, except a little which you shall eat. Then there shall come after that seven hard years, which shall consume all that you shall have laid by in advance, for them except a little which you may preserve." Then there shall be come after that a year in which people shall be revealed and in which they shall give presents to each other. So here the uh, Joseph, peace be upon him, he's highlighting that seven good, seven years, seven years good amount of crops uh, will be available and food to eat. However, the next following years there will be a famine in the country and there will be scarcity of food. And at that time, the Prophet, he suggested to, you know, there should be stockpiles here, and then use use these reserves for those difficult times. So, in actual fact, from this incident, we find that uh, debt it should be discouraged, and people should live within their means, which in which what they have. And... Uh, as as a cautionary note, even individuals and even on a na- national level, there should be some savings for the future. So whenever on a rainy day, you know, you should have some sort of um, uh, some sort of money or some sort of uh, uh, even in co- in terms of food. So you know that can be used as reserves. And Islam itself it de- discourages 
um, that we 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 go into debt and we borrow um, and even in terms of interest you know interest is that amount of money um, something which you can't afford uh, but you still buy anyway um, knowing that uh, you know you might have to pay more later on so Islam discourages that and it says that uh, you should try to live a lifestyle within your means and in fact Islam teaches that you should be content with what Allah the Almighty has blessed you with there's a very beautiful narration we find uh, from the Holy Prophet peace be upon him when it comes to wealth as well and the Holy Prophet peace be upon him he says that you should not look upon a person who has far exceeded you in terms of wealth uh, rather you should look at that individual who um, doesn't have all the things that you have and in that way you should you would have gratitude in your heart and at the same time the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said that envy those individuals who have excelled you in spirituality and that way um, it will encourage you to keep on doing the good deeds and uh, help you in terms of your spirituality as well and making you to strive to to be a better individual. So that is a beautiful quote of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which he narrates that uh, uh, when it comes to even comes to financial wealth, we should not look at uh, others who have exceeded us in uh, in terms of worldly goods or what they have as it doesn't leave a good um, you know it, it, it only makes a person strive to attain more material wealth but rather um, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said that look at that individual who doesn't have the things that you have and that way you will have more gratitude um, so we do have some clips for our listeners that we do want to play on this topic as well. So uh, we'll um, start uh, this off. Uh, this is a clip from uh, His Holiness Azam Tahir Ahmed um, in his response on interest and mortgage. So let's listen in. On this what subject, I have spoken lengthily many times before. And only recently, during my visit to Switzerland, in Geneva, in a very well-attended question-answer session, in fact, it was a reception given for me, this question was raised of the monetary, modern monetary system and its comparison with the Islamic system. So, uh, you can have access to that, even video is available, and I hope that would satisfy you. Why Islam does not permit uh, the system of usury and interest and what alternative system Islam offers. That is one question, one part of the question. In the light of this, you understand the second part of the question, particularly regarding mortgages. You know, the system of mortgage, higher purchase and all that is in fact uh, a sort of uh, mafia financial mafia, which is uh, gradually destroying the peace of economy as such and concomitant upon the peace of mind of the people who get involved in the system. What you are doing in fact is you are borrowing from your future 
and spending on your present. And in this way, you do not realize that how much extra you are paying to these financial companies who in the name of giving you a, 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 a you know, a, a sort of uh, opportunity to possess what you cannot really possess today by charging you heavily and bleeding you heavily later on. And this is not all. When this, this system is controlled by governments, various factors appear in the world which compel them to change the interest rates from time to time and that also has effect on your mortgages and everything. So the property for which you are committed to pay sometimes three times as much as it, it, it values today, on the hope that uh, it would appreciate in the value faster than uh, at the, the rate of interest at, uh, which you have to pay with the result that ultimately when you have paid all, everything, the value of that, uh, that property would still be higher than the total value you have paid. This is the assumption on which you are working or everybody else is working. So they say, all right, why not? We don't have anything to lose. But this is not so. In longer terms, in real estate business, business crises appear from time to time. And sometimes you get yourself committed to paying three times the real price of a house if you had the, the ability to buy it by cash. This is exactly what it would amount to. For instance, a house you can buy for 70,000 today in cash. If you buy it through mortgage system, in the long run you will have to pay sometimes twice, sometimes three times as much to get the possession. In the meantime, suppose the crisis has occurred, what would happen to you? You would be committed to go on paying through your nose, while the house would continue to lose its value instead of gaining. And sometimes it's no longer marketable. Even if you try to sell it and get rid of this nonsense, you simply cannot. Nowadays, particularly, many Ahmadis come and ask me to pray for, for because they want to get rid of their houses frantically, you know, <coughs> they're under strong financial pressures and there's no buyer in the market. And every day the, uh, the houses of the properties are losing their value. Now this is not accidental, this is what I want to explain, which partially I have explained elsewhere as well. This is a natural mathematical consequence of a financial system and this is true of every financial, uh, uh, every uh, area of financial transactions, in industry, everywhere else too. What is happening in such a society, I'll try to make this matter more understandable. I know it's a very complicated matter, so it will take me a bit longer time to make you understand all this. Let's uh, try to understand through some other illustrations in industry, for instance. Let's say the industry of England is producing bicycles at a certain rate and in a certain quantity. The larger the production, the lower would be the cost of production. 
Now, to become competitive in international market and also to become competitive in internal market, they are bound to sell, produce more and sell more. I mean, this is as simple as that. Now, the buying power of the country at that time is not necessarily compatible with this need of the, of the industry. So, the answer is, they reach you through a circuitous ways in so many, uh, you know, roundabout manners. They say, all right, you can only pay 10% of the total value of the bicycle we have to offer you. So, all right, pay 10%. The rest will borrow from some other financial houses, but you will have to pay the interest through your noses. So, what they demand, they require to stay in on the surface. You support them, you pay them to, to, to achieve their objective. Now this can go on for a while, but not permanently. After a few years, they have exhausted their market uh, uh, markets or nearly exhausted their markets. The result is that the whole community is bound in the chains of debts and multiple debts because it's not only bicycles they have to go to buy, they also like to have a better television, a new model of television, a new model of this and that. So apart from the genuine needs, new models appear which can only be sold by artificially exciting your, your, your fancy and uh, creating artificial tastes in you, implanting demands in you. So, as a whole, you should look at the whole question, not just the market question. The result is that the entire economy is bound to head for an ultimate crisis. And the signs of these crises generally appear in the real estate as, as the four symptoms of this crisis. If you study the history of the First World War and the history of the Second World War, just prior to those wars, you will find such financial crises which were faced by Europe. An industrial boost about 10 years prior to that. Then the fall in the prices of, of real estate and things, or some, you know, distorted phenomenon taking place, somewhere artificial boosting of these prices. Some, sometimes, you know, falling like a ton of bricks. So things happen to, uh, things happen which make things completely out of control of an ordinary citizen. So he becomes just a, a sufferer, a victim of a system. Like uh, uh, two years ago, the share prices went down, you know, like, like a load of bricks, as I said. And th hundreds of thousands of, the, of, of British people had to pay through their nose what uh, the system already had forced them to do. So previously they were paying them to support the system. Then they became the, uh, the, 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 uh, um, you know, the target of uh, the system and the suffering was transferred from the companies to them. Because ultimately companies mean here in this case the shareholders, the common people and all these. 
So this is a very complicated affair which I call as a racketeering, financial racketeering. And these things always lead to war. So that is why in my other discussions I have pointed out that in the Holy Quran, when the Holy Quran says, abstain from this system or be ready to fight with God, this is the meaning of that verse. Otherwise nobody can fight with God. What is the meaning? Fighting, fighting in fact actually begins to take place. It is fighting with nature. You can't defeat nature. You are bound to suffer from the natural consequences. So apparently, individually speaking, you can't satisfy anybody. Say, why not? You can get a mart gauge and you can own a house. Why not? Go ahead and do it. It looks so attractive. But when you understand the intricacies of the system, then you begin to understand the intricacies of each part of the system as well. So that was a clip um, from the fourth Khalif, um, Hazrat Mizatayr Ahmed. May Allah the Almighty have mercy on him. And he's uh, explained this topic in very much detail on uh, interest as uh, that how it is lawful within Islam. And essentially he's explained that uh, you know, you're, you're borrowing from the future and uh, Ultimately, rather than paying the amount um, which, let's say for example, is a house which you are buying for 100,000, uh, essentially pay, when you when you are paying with interest, you'll be paying three times the amount of that individual thing as well. So uh, His Holiness has avoided that and through as as it says within Islam that uh, as as it mentions in chapter two verse two hundred seventy nine that in the name of Allah the gracious the merciful that O ye who believe fear Allah and relinquish um, what remains of interest if you are believers so it uh, Islam it 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 mentions that it is unlawful to uh, you know to involve yourself in in this in fact now we see that within the society uh what 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 they've done is that anything you do want to buy um you can pay a monthly fee on it now uh rather than paying the set amount uh it always gives you the option that you know you can pay monthly but you'll see that on the monthly option uh, you'll be paying a lot more on it. Uh, you'll be paying interest on it. So it's always best to pay the amount or what is within your means um, as this is something which uh, on a rational level uh, you're, you're able to pay off rather than uh, you know thinking about the future because you don't know uh, what tomorrow is going to be like. So Islam always says that you know, use the safer option and whatever means you have now, uh, use that. We do have another clip uh, for our listeners to play on this subject. So we're just going to be listening to that. The bank rate system has direct bearing with the prices and values. And it, the relationship is now growing into a mechanical relationship. Take half a percent of one percent and uh, it would show its effect on the values and prices in the market. So they are like a machine, move one part, the other parts of the machine are connected through wheels and things. 
So, however slight may be the effect on the uh, wheel on the other end, but still it would move, it would no, not remain in the same position. Similarly, the modern economy is like a highly developed machine and the central wheel of the economy is the interest. This is why in, in uh, connection with all the modern financial problems, you always hear that because America has raised her interest rate, so this is what is happening to Germany. And because Japan has not lowered the interest rate, so this is what is happening to, to Africa and uh, European economy and so on and so forth. So, their continents apart, yet a small fluctuation in the interest rate is adversely affecting or favorably affecting the economy of some other country and their own as well, of course. This again was another clip of the fourth caliph of the Amdi Muslim community in which he explains uh, the interest system on a national level that uh, the way the economy is run, the, the center of the world itself is interest and uh, on a national level you know if interest rates are high then it will ultimately be affecting uh, other countries as well other neighboring countries will be affected by that as well and uh, as explained earlier that islam it prohibits um, the use of interest and it says that this is unlawful um, so we do hope that you have uh, benefited from this discussion as well and you have uh, you know there is some food for thought for our listeners and I'll hand the mic over to Brother Vali to conclude uh, the show for today Thank you very much uh, Imam Tuki uh, very informative, very absorbing um, and yes uh, as you mentioned uh, we are now coming to the conclusion of this broadcast it leaves us to thank those people who have uh, participated in uh, producing this uh, show our producer first and foremost Basirat uh, Siddiqui uh, she's worthy of our thanks as uh, are her researchers Neha, Basma, Aman, Maha and Yusra thank you to them for their contribution uh, and uh, let's not forget uh, our uh, intrepid uh, uh, technician in the control room. Asad. Oh, Asad. Asad. Uh, Asadullah, yes. Uh, yeah. So my apologies, Asadullah, for not remembering your name initially. But I mean, thank you very much for making sure that everything ran smoothly, and it did run smoothly. Uh, we had a number of clips uh, in this uh, particular broadcast. And... Um, uh, they were uh, useful in trying to understand uh, some of the uh, subjects uh, that um, emanated from the topics that we were actually considering. Uh, the first topic that we dealt with was uh, concerning uh, the uh, recent uh, pay rise. The pay review bodies had uh, recommended certain increases which the government had accepted and uh, also uh, teachers and other institutions uh, had also accepted uh, and that was the first topic that we discussed workers 
uh, offered pay rise of around 6%. So um, that was, uh, as I said, our opening main topic. The second uh, topic that we dealt with at the end of the show was regarding inflation, decreased inflation in the UK, but the prices are still up. And we also encroached upon the whole um, system of interest and how that is very much um, a yoke uh, around people's necks uh, if you really think about uh, how that system operates. So uh, coming to the close of the show, it means that we have to say salam alaikum uh, to all our listeners. Peace be upon you. And we'll be back again from 7 to 9 Monday to Friday.